All right, one, two. All right. Hello. Am I losing sound here? Not hearing. Mm. You guys hear me? Okay. I don't know. It sounds like I'm not. I don't know why I'm not here. Well, I guess I guess because both of you guys are mute. I don't know. Maybe that's why I sound extra quiet. But... It sound different now. Yeah. Okay. I'm hearing something. Yeah. I don't know. This felt. Oh, uh, you know. Uh, Ambiance wise, like but this is some bogus car outside my window with some <laughs> rattling system. Don't you know? You know how cars be just like you know you like uh, you you put the wrong speakers in your joint, man. You don't, you don't know what you're doing, man. It's one of them. You know. Anyway, if, if you got the good, if you got good speakers, turn this up. We back at it. Uh, running with war, another session for another week here, getting into the latest in the what's turning out to be a pretty damn good NBA Finals. Uh, you know, pretty much the primary reason why I wanted to get on tonight was to uh, you know recap uh, Saturday's game and, and uh, you know extend it back to Thursday's game too. Really, two team, two games that have a uh, I think because we we weren't on before uh, before that game four eight or so, uh, but uh, really two games that have wrapped up the series, and I think really pushed it to another level. So we're gonna talk about uh, yeah, actually talk about where the series is at right now. Milwaukee on the verge of their first championship in uh, fifty years. So a big deal going on. Uh, that game six, of course, will be in Milwaukee. Uh, about I say just about ninety miles north of where we're all at in Chicago, and uh, that's going to be tomorrow night, Tuesday. Uh, we'll be back on Wednesday, um, maybe recapping the Bucks clinching, or you know, or re or recapping Game Six and previewing Game Seven. Either way, we'll be back on, and we'll also have a guest on Wednesday, uh, Brandon Pope. The, the man from uh, WCIU Channel 26 and uh, Ebony Magazine as well doing uh, some good things for that. But uh, he's he's gonna he's gonna review Space Jam 2 for us. I don't know if either one of you have seen it yet, but uh, yeah, but Brandon definitely has seen it. I guess we'll I guess we'll all have seen it by the time uh, Wednesday comes around. I haven't seen it. Yet, uh, there's been a lot of discussion on it online i think a little bit too much <laughs> but uh <laughs> I, I like i want i want to get brandon on to talk about it not not only because he's you know good he's you know reviewed a lot of movies and he's very much into that stuff he's also a staunch lebron supporter so i'm i'm, I'm interested to get his opinion on that movie and everything but uh that's it. That'll be Wednesday. But uh, today we're just going to chill for about a quick hour or so. Like I say, get, in, get into these uh, finals games and uh, do a little Olympic talk, too, because a couple of uh, storylines have popped up from that. But I wanted, to, I wanted to get into a couple of quick hits 
here off the top, I think the first couple things that just jumped out from uh, basketball-related news that has uh, stepped out to me. I'm going to share a link with y'all. Uh, first thing that jumped out to me is Scotty, who just came from – he's finding a new way every week to keep himself in the news. But uh, this – heard about this. Yeah, well, this week he's uh, in the news for offering – his uh his mansion in I think Highland Park, yeah, he's offering it as an Airbnb for ninety two dollars a night during the Olympics, and uh yeah, it's it's quite luxurious. I think I think he's asking for some trouble with this one, but uh, is he's at you know it's a pretty affordable Airbnb he's offering. And he is he's sort of it's sort of like say based around the Olympics and you know advertising, you know, I guess encouraging people to watch the Olympic Games, the uh you know, men's Olympic basketball team. See, I don't know if that's gonna be worth if watching the Olympic basketball team is gonna be worth uh ninety two dollars on any level this year, but but uh I guess staying at Scotty's home maybe uh, interesting i don't know what you guys would would uh want to do I, like I, said, I just shared the link with y'all uh but say fans have the opportunity to stay for one three or uh, three one night stays for up to four people on august 2 second fourth or sixth and those are they say those are nights where the basketball team will be playing and uh yeah they you know, they got some good. Uh, there's a link from the New York Post I got. There's some good pictures of the place. You know, you got a court there so you can hoop. And, uh, you know, quite a couple courts there. Got a big old home theater. Uh, I guess you could watch the games, an indoor spa. Scotty Pippen's bedroom. You know, maybe you could turn up some future there, you know, if you got your girl with you. Uh, uh, <laughs> Yeah, some lockers there uh, with Team USA gear shows some sign, you know, sort of all type of memorabilia. You know, a lot of a lot of picture opportunities will be there. Well, I said, what would you what would you guys if if you if you could do a night at Scotty Pippen's career, what would be the first thing or the primary thing that you would want to do? Probably get a tour. I just searched throughout the whole thing first. Um, and then after that, knowing me, I'm probably gonna one get food, and then two, uh, take you it to the food. Take the home. <laughs> I'm gonna take it to the home theater, and get the. I'm gonna get the liquor, bring the food. I'll the get, yeah, that's a, the liquor. We gotta have some of the Scotty bourbon. We gotta have some of that Scotty. <laughs> we, we gotta have. I hope he leaves a bottle in there just for his guests. I really right, do. That's what he needs to do. Yeah. I'll get, I'll get, I forgot, what's the name of his, what's the name, what's the name of his liquor? They digits up there? Digits, yeah. yeah. And I'm going to get some of that digits, and then I'm going to bring that with my food, put that in a home theater, so I can get lit and watch games. And then after that, probably go to the gym just to mess around for a little bit, and then I'm going to go to the bedroom. Well, uh, you know what food you got to have uh, with in Scotty's house, right? You don't know what food you Mr. Submarine. Oh yeah. <laughs> he had the two chili the bras like in the commercial. True. 
That is true. I'll bring that as a backup, though, because I'm probably not going to be my first option. But it's all right, though. I'll bring that as a backup. That could be my lunch or something for the next day. Take this to some rain, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but it's – I don't know. That's just just crazy how – I think this is a good way to market what he's trying to – it's the called new brand, I guess, to get people to invest in him and what he's doing. So I ain't going to lie to do that for – $92 $92 a night is pretty it's pretty impressive marketing to do. Um, yeah, I mean, like said, do the yeah, like I said, the house, I guess, staying in the house uh, would be, you know, for if, if it was just a regular house on the Airbnb market, it'd probably be a, uh, a lot more than $92. But, mm. you know, I, like I said, I, I, don't, I don't know if I necessarily watched the, the USA Men's basketball team this year. <laughs> uh, you know, even for that much, you know, but yeah, I, I, that probably it's probably be a lot of stuff to do there at, at the house. What about you, Drew? I think I'll, yeah, I'll take a I bite off of Josh a little bit and say I think I just want to I want a tour. I want to see kind of like the memorabilia he might have or what he's collected, things of that nature. Maybe he's got some jerseys or some autographs or some players that he played against, or you know, from his time um, after that as well. But I think I, I, I want to have a conversation with Scotty. If if he says the things he says in public, who knows what comes out of his mouth behind closed doors? So that's kind of where I'm at with it, man. Let me let me get a tour. Yeah. Of what's going on? And then let's let's chat a little bit. Well, they, 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 they said they say he would do like a virtual check in. Yeah. Okay, I'm about to say that. Yeah, want, see, that would be that'll raise that'll raise up the price too if you really could kick it with Scotty. But that would be the best thing. Yeah, like, like I said, you get out the digits, you know, have a couple cigars with Scotty, you know, see, you know, yeah, pick his brain, see yeah. what see what'll come out of his mouth, you know. <laughs> was he was he down to you know a couple swigs of their digits? <laughs> That's definitely what mine is at, man. That's definitely what mine is at. Maybe he can stick around for the first part, you know, make sure everything is. We can, we can play a drunken game of horse. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But I see that. See, this is the, that's, this is the key, though. You do that, you make sure you bring the girl with you. So that way she can see all of this and say, yeah, look at my man. He over here playing this, doing this thing with Scotty. So that at the end of the night, it's a wrap. Done deal. <laughs> Yeah, you, you finish it then, off. Then you, then you gotta be like, hey, Scotty, this is your place, but you gotta go now. Yep. <laughs> you get Scotty out. <laughs> yeah, come on back tomorrow. Sure. All right, all right we, we come back about 8 a.m. We'll be. <laughs> we got a Mortal Kombat that. Finish it. Finish it. Once you get to that point, you gotta finish it. Yeah. I mean, you got it. You got it. The game worn towels or, or, or the road. <laughs> <laughs> Go to the door and the bird on center road. Like, I wonder how it's selling. Just sold out, or seem like it's gonna be sold. I wonder. I would think it was. I, I think it's sold out. Yeah, I would think somebody gonna jump on that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I would. Yeah, like I said. I wonder if there's gonna be any TikTok videos or anything, and then somebody somebody go do something decent in that. <laughs> Can I say Scotty just keep himself in the news now, man? So that's the next part of this. I think some 
something funny gonna happen in there, man. We gonna learn about it somehow. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. Uh, the, uh, the other thing I wanted to bring up was that uh, Amara Rashad is back in the game when he gets me in. He's got a, I, th- I think a mod, a show called A Mod Inside, uh, an interview show that he's doing with, uh, you know, cloud, you know, people. I guess people, a lot of people from his era, but you know, legendary NBA people and stuff. And it's funny because to me, it, it made me think about like, you know how long it's been since anybody's really been in business with him. Like, I, you would have thought that maybe ESPN would have got in business with him. And then this, the, the show is going to be on ESPN+. Plus. You know, that ESPN would have got in business with him a long time ago. Or that, you know, even NBC might have held him down and, like, you know, kept him in a high profile or something, even though they didn't have the NBA. You know, I, I wonder why, you know, I, I was thinking, like, maybe – you know why didn't they try, or or, or maybe I don't know, maybe they did try, maybe an effort to keep inside stuff or something going, even when they lost the NBA uh, games. No, they probably they probably would have had to have a deal to keep NBA footage in some way to do inside stuff. So it probably wouldn't have been worth it. I don't know, but but uh, how that works, but. But I, there was, oh, but Marvin Shaw is a talented guy, you know, and a lot of people associated with. I think that's probably another thing, though, that came with the the Last Dance, the popularity of the Last Dance, is a, a lot of people uh, seeing the Marvin Shaw again, and that probably got that he probably then got him a few bags off of that, including this, this new ESPN show. So you know, more power to him, you know. Yeah, I, I don't. I probably I don't have a dates. So I don't know what the dates were, but speaking to like his um his hiatus, like I wonder if he caught some of that post Jordan, post Bulls. Like, man, I'm not really, I'm not really feeling this NBA. Yeah. Right um, because I know a lot of people my age like just stopped watching like once Jordan retired, which is, I mean, I, I get it to a certain extent. Um, I'm just surprised the amount of people that kind of fell off with it. Yeah, sort of a, yeah, a malaise about the game, mm-hmm. like, yeah. or, or indifference. Yeah, yeah. Just, and with him and Jordan being so tight, I wonder if he's just like, man, I just. Hey, these new dudes, I can't hang out with these new dudes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, even, though, even though everybody was his main man, you know, like, that was his main man, for real, for real. Yeah. No, nah, that's, that's a good point. And I, and I, I wondered that, too, because for me personally, I think the last time I really saw Ahmad Rashad in any type of reporting realm was Like Mike. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's laughs> a movie. That's not Exactly. That's my point, right? You know, like, like, he was in a movie the last time I saw him do something that, you know, and even within, that was a small little cameo segment. Like, he did a small yeah. little segment, and that was it. So, so he was over here getting paid for Like Mike. <laughs> Ain't been in the game in a while since before that, so it's like, I don't. Who knows what he would could be doing? Maybe them royalties was just hitting real, real nice. I don't know. Um, but to see him back into the realm, like especially as people like us in this game, he was one of the staples that we looked up, that we saw and looked and looked at. Like, dang, with his charisma, his his relationship with Jordan, and the way he did his shows and stuff like that inspired that that helped start my journey a little bit into. Mm-hmm getting to where we are now. So it's like seeing Omar Rashad back in the mix, you know, for me, that's exciting to see because since he really helped spark the beginning of it, him, the two Scots and those and those others, he's part of that group. 
that helped spark all of us to do the work that we do now. I yeah, I would definitely have, like you say, Drew. He may have been less like less likely or less you know excited about covering the league, but I would have like if I was like Turner or something, I would have had him. You know, imagine like having a game and having Sager on one end of the court and the mod on the other end, like. They'd have been dueling for exclusives, man. That'd have been some stuff, there, man. So, yeah, I, I, yeah, like I said, I'm not. I'm surprised that he hasn't worked, like you say, Josh. That he hasn't worked more over the past twenty years. But you know, it's never too late. So maybe it's just for him now. And, and that's it's funny too. Another guy who, well, you you sort of know a little bit more about him, but. Uh, you know, it's so a similar story is Arsenio. Mm-hmm. And Arsenio, I don't know if y'all saw the last week, he was he did a couple nights hosting for Jimmy Kimmel. And he just seemed mm-hmm. so natural. Like I, I I'd advise you look up uh him talking to LeBron. He interviewed LeBron in the studio about the, the movie, and he just, you know, it's, it's so natural for him to just sit. And talk like it's the right amount of of schmoozing and BS, but he also gets off some good questions, and and celebrities and people of all types just feel so comfortable around him. It, it it you know it takes you right back to his old show. And it's like man, that's why this dude show was as hot as it was back in the day because he's a natural. Mm-hmm. So you know, like if I had a network, I would have Arsenio doing show, just talking to people definitely. If I was if I was running the NBA broadcast, I'd have a Mara shot on that on that, you know. So you know, it's it's this it's just it's 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 sort of a, a throwback, you know, uh, thing where you know you sort of working off of that nostalgia. But these people are are real at what they do, so you know, it's yeah. gotta give it up to them. They did, and they like I say set a lot of trends, and a lot of people have come behind them and, and tried to set up, you know set this you know follow their standard you know? mm-hmm. yeah man i mean the, the best interviewers are the ones that can kind of disarm the people they're interviewing you know make them feel at ease and mm-hmm. you know they're more willing to give you the best information or just the best interview in general so that's 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 a good point when you, when you speak about uh senior hall and amara rashad not that you know there aren't those same people nowadays but um yeah. i don't know it just feels different it, well, it, I think it feels different, especially if we talk about a Rashad, because of the closeness that he had to literally the GOAT, right? Like, that's what helped. Although Amar Rashad was already created what he does, the fact that we actually got to see it inside and look at how close he really was with Michael Jordan. And at that time, NBC was on the rise of all those games, all those Jordan games in that platform. That, t- that, that took it to another level. It was like he was working for the original like ESPN of that era. So it's like... He was, yeah, he was, he was an insider's insider. He was that guy. So, and, and Jordan don't go on live TV and and some blue blockers, you know, <laughs> and just, uh, you know, half in the bag like he was, you know, for anybody. Yeah. Like, you know, Jordan, Jordan came in that one interview, like he was, he was ready to kick it, and the mom was like, "Oh, you know, we actually got, you know, we got to be on TV in a minute, like." <laughs> <laughs> I now that I think about it, I feel like um a lot of Amara Shah's interviews 
with whatever athlete he was interviewing, they were, they were always doing something in the process of the interview. You know what I'm saying? Which yeah. is cool too. That was pretty much all the interviews. Yeah. All the inside stuff. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, a, it's that importance of building those relationship relationships with the with the right people. And Ahmad Rashad has that personality and that charisma to do that. He really built that rapport. Um, and then, yeah, and when you talk about producing a TV show and doing yeah. something that's different, yeah, it's, it's showing the athletes in a different way, it's showing them in a more you know natural way than just you know getting them after practice or you know sitting having them you know after a game or something. It's showing them in their habitat, you know, as it were. Yeah, that was the great thing about inside stuff, man. It's just mm-hmm. as a kid. You know, you felt that much closer to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that and that did so much to expand the league and make the league, like I say, make the leagues seem at once bigger than life, but also it, it, it earned our devotion to the league and to his players. You know? Yeah, because what I remember when I was a kid, one of my favorite parts of uh, like All Star Weekend was the Saturday morning, like <laughs> <laughs> so with, with that would that would kind of coincide inside yeah. us with that. They had the concert. They yeah, yeah. school jam and all that. Man, they need to bring that back. Man. <laughs> they need to bring. But see these these fools nowadays. They they come out there talking. You know, I don't know what type of songs they play nowadays. <laughs> Playing some drug, some drugged up song and stuff. You know, talking. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe, maybe Chance the Rapper can come out with a song every year, exclusive to. Uh, yeah, you gotta, oh, yeah, you gotta yeah, yeah, right been at home in the early nineties. <laughs> early nineties, back to school, James. <laughs> right, James Common. They didn't come out with like, oh, it's Pooh Shiesty, man. Hey, that's a, that's a good point, Josh. I feel like Common is like at every NBA. Yeah, Common, Common, yeah. Common come out, rap every 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 uh, ball player's name, find a <laughs> So then, but today they go, like, oh, here's Duke Deuce with a song about GDs or something. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, that, uh, that, that, that was that was a it was a I like not like it was an uncanny era back then. It really is. I'm glad to have come up doing that. I I know these kids got you know the world at their fingertips and technology is on a whole nother level, man. But they. They really miss some good times, man. Mm-hmm. Pure times. Now, I, wonder, that, I wonder if yes. Ahmad Rashad is going to combine some of his work in a way with Stephen A. Too. Um, and, I, and I'm just thinking about that because well, Stephen A. Got to watch what he say now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he do. He definitely does. But he's being fully capitalized on what they want to utilize with the mind, especially from a personality perspective. You know, combining some of that from two reporters that have done the same work and have done it at very high rates and levels with the personalities that they have. I mean, it's just stuff like that, that creative mindset that can really take things to even that much further, which I don't know if, if he's going to do or anything like that. But that could be something that, at least from the, from the African-American community, could be something we're missing out on. You know, that could be really something that could be special to watch for the most part. Um, because obviously I personally think without a model shot, you wouldn't have got like 
you know, the, the TNT inside the NBA crew and things of that sort. I don't think you would have had that because that was like a beginning of a platform that gave out what really interviews can really be like moving forward and the funness that come out of that. Mm-hmm. And the way they were doing it with each, each athlete, you know, little networks like that took on took note of that and really started revamping shows into that with Inside the Crew being the one of the main shows that really just took off and with the people that they have. So if ESPN Plus had a similar show to that with Ahmad, you wonder if bringing someone like a Stephen A, who already is like bringing in all the ratings for them, like why not bring that type of fire to your show too on top of the other interviews that you're going to be doing? I think they say he's going to be interviewing like Charles Barkley, uh, Clyde Drexler, yeah. and a few others. Why not bring a couple other entertainers on there? that you know that have been in the sport and done what you do, you know, why not bring them in there too? One thing, one thing I'd say before, can we, let's, we have to get into the game stuff, but, uh, but I, the one thing I would say about Stephen A is though, and, and this is what, you know, cause I, I kind of want to bring in Maria Taylor right quick about this and her potential, uh, I think, which is, unfor- it's, a, it's a sad thing about it for ESPN, because of reports are coming out now that she's likely going to be up out of there, which I saw happening from the beginning mm-hmm. of this anyway, when this whole when this whole thing broke out, that she was going to be up, but uh, going to NBC. Um, you know, interestingly enough, but the the where I'm going with this is that I think when you have a talent like hers, who was established in the way that she really caught on to covering the NBA. I know she's a former athlete. I think she used to play ball, I think. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she knows she knows basketball and everything, but she hadn't covered it, especially on that level. And she took to it like a fish to water. So I think there's something that could happen with her where you could build something around her. And the NBC of you know Forza still doesn't have any uh pro you know basketball coverage that they can that they could land to her but i would i was thinking like she could be like she could really be like uh, i'm like i don't know if she, i don't know if the deal is dead i mean after the deal is uh not dead but you know if it's in stone with nbc but i would if if i could make a move for her i would have her be getting involved with turner and sort of molding, uh, sort of molding her as EJ's replacement eventually. I like that. And it's reported that you know yeah. that's what I think it was reported that you know that maybe some that was something ideal that Turner thought about. I think yeah. I'm not too sure about that, but I thought about that too. Um, and I agree with that. It's also interesting though with NBC because I think they said with NBC they're trying to fill her and make her like the Mike Tarico. Of the NFL, which is like when she do where you cover the uh, the pregame and the postgames in the NFL and covering. Well, you, or she, yeah, because Tariko himself will likely be replacing Al Michaels. Yeah, Al that's Michaels right. Sort of, he's hitting that he's ready to retire. So Tariko will start doing the games, and she will be in in the uh, in the studio. studio. So yeah, so yeah, that so there is spots for her. So. But it would be more of a like in the, in the NFL round, but you know, and, and that happens. You know, people move on. To the, like I say, they move on to different networks. Networks have different focuses, different rights, uh, contracts, and everything. So, you know, she she might become 
the biggest thing in the NFL coverage. But I was just, when I was just going going back. I was just thinking like with Stephen A. There's you have with ESPN. There's really the issue of overexposure with Stephen A. And I think we've already started to see it in this summer where he. I don't know how much more he could deal with if you if you put on his put more on his plate. So I see what like what you was proposing, Josh. I, I get it, but I would like I say the the issue with Maria to me is like you lose a talent like that because of your shadiness, ESPN. When you could have had her as a resource, as a, and as a person where you could have thrown the you you could bounce these new ideas off of and develop these new things around her instead of throwing another thing at Stephen A and, and making his load even more, you know, heavy. And, you know, I, I just don't think anyone could really react to that. At a certain point, you're going to wear somebody down and make their work just uh, make it uh, wear it down and water it down to a point where it's not going to just be worth having anymore. But you know, hey, that's a this is what it is. You know, we'll see how these folks get on. We, we know we all know they're getting a big bag for what they're doing. So it'll be worth it for them in the end. But uh speaking of getting big bags for what you do, uh let's let's talk about the players and uh, the people who are uh deciding this NBA finals. And um yeah, let's just get into it. Like like like, like I said at the top. These last two games have been great. You know, really both of them have been classics, I think you could say. But Saturday really just sort of uh, wrapped everything up to a whole new level. And uh, we got to see, you know, the the steal and the lob. And really, for, for me, I don't know if in the moment I felt more excited about a play since Jordan in 98 when he, when he made the steal on on Carl Malone and came down and made the shot to end it. You know, I I just was like, man, could I remember just seeing the play as it unfolds when Holiday made the steal and he's going, you know, he's he's going back in transition and Giannis, you know, with the long legs making them long strides like he does, like you know, you see you see Giannis coming up the court and it's like, oh, he could oop him. And then he actually does. It's like, oh, you <laughs> and then it like just the whole the whole moment, like you, you, you the there was a it's the, the whole great it's it's what's great about basketball, how everything could turn on a dime. Like the Suns was ready to turn to take the lead on that possession. They give it up, and you know. It, there's that it's a three-point swing that, that occurs there because you have the, the basket and the foul and like everybody was everybody just went wild even though it was they was on the road everybody went wild on that play Adele even went wild on that play like, <laughs> it's like, you, you, you could you could you could not see that play and and, and go wild on it man and, you know I, I it was like I say it was the defining play. Uh, you know, Giannis now has like two defining plays on at the rim, a defensive play and an offensive play in this in this series. And I think those both of those plays, the block and the hoop, are going to be like 
played over and over throughout you know throughout the years now we have these finals highlight reels especially if the bucks win this series you know so but uh you know that was just the, the one play there but yeah. these were both excellent games that you know could have went either way i mean if you look at phoenix if they could have stole that game four how different the series would be right now you know maybe they would have even won saturday and they had would have had the series if they if they won game four but you know a lot of people was predicting that they were on their way there but the you got to give it to the bucks man they they showed the heart they you know and, and by by saturday you know drew got back in the series and when you had drew Middleton and Giannis all together. Really, I said it on Twitter at that night. Like they had three killers all going at once. They had their big three all going at once. And uh, you know, Phoenix, you could argue has a big three when you look at Aiden, along with uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Creek CB three and and uh, Booker. But Booker by Saturday, Booker. You know, and for the for most of the game, Booker was the only one who was going. CP3 did come back and had some uh, some good moments toward the end, a couple of uh, good shots in that fourth quarter, but it wasn't enough. But I don't, I don't know what, what are you guys' thoughts on just how these last two games and how they played out and how the Bucks are taking control of this series. Man, uh, <laughs> it. Especially with the way the game started um, Saturday night with with the Suns, just yeah, that it, it, it really didn't look good for the Bucks early on. And I, I was already kind of like, because I think that's the that was the game where beforehand uh, we found out the Nassus wasn't going to be able to be at the arena because he's in health and safety protocol. So I'm like, damn, that's going. Yeah. And it's silly, but in my head, I'm like, damn, that's going to throw off Giannis's little pregame routine. You know, players, <laughs> the players can be all about routines and superstitions. I'm like, damn. And then, well, and you, and you could look at it the other way too. Like, uh, you know, shout out to our guy Ken Davis, who's like, well, you know, that's his, that's Jonas's blood. You know, he he wasn't close to Jonas <laughs> in the last few days. Like, right. And then it's like, oh, you know, I mean, Adam Silver looking the other way now. It's like, you know, you know, but, I mean, it's, it, it was. That game was kind of like uh like symbolic of this playoff run with run for them where um uh, you know they start off beating the Miami Heat who took it to them, uh pretty much embarrassed them, I guess isn't too much of a stretch to say last season in the bubble. Uh well, then they, yeah. yeah, then they match up match up with the Nets, they fall back 2-0, um, uh, having a deal with Durant shot making even when you know, Irving went down, and even with a hobble, James Harden, that's still, you know, arguably the first, second, the third best player in the world. Um, they get past them, and they had to move on and play the Hawks. Giannis gets hurt. They got to find a way to, to make it happen even with that, even though with Trey Young's injury, it wasn't quite tit for tat, but they had a little help in that regard. Mm -hmm. In this one, they get, they get down in the series 2-0 again, had to find a way to come back against the team that had swept them during the regular season. So going back to the regular season, into those first two games, um, the Suns had beaten them four times in a row. So now to come back, get a third straight victory on that team, um, 
and just just look like you know they're taking punches and fighting back and throwing punches back and, and staying on their feet. It's just it's it's incredible. And I find myself, you know, I obviously you already know that um you know I, I went ahead and picked Bucks and seven before the series started. But I really we both, have, we both did. Yeah, but I really didn't have like a rooting interest. Like I like I love Chris Paul. <laughs> I love Devin Booker. You know, I, I would love to see Monty Williams get him a championship. But as I'm sitting there watching these games, like I'm really getting mad, like when Devin Booker flexes on somebody after hitting the shot. And I, I find myself like getting excited when Giannis gets a bucket or all these tough shots that Middleton's hitting. So it's just it's it's a weird like that's the that's the awareness. that's the prognosticator's pride getting. Is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's right. like, yeah, I, I got I got I got the right pick going. You know? I Man, can't, I can't get all get away from. It. No, I can't imagine if I if I put some money down on how. Do <laughs> yeah, that's well, that's that's some whole other stuff. <laughs> but no, it's, it's been fun. It's been really fun, man. Yeah, I mean, I I really just my reason for, like I say, I, I I sort of said it that uh, that I was going with my heart on the pick because I'm I just I have a you know sort of connection with the Bucks. I never I didn't cover them you know when I was in Wisconsin, but I covered the area you know i was running a lot of their fans and stuff so it was you know just going back to their history and everything and knowing their history you know it's it just it just more connection to me and them being a midwest team and everything and you know like i say knowing more of their history just for, for me it was a connection there and also i just thought in regards to this team and this year i just thought it would be harder for the Suns to beat them four times, then vice versa, and and that's why I think what we're seeing in these in these last couple games, like it, it's and again, this people have, people have been making more note about this. There's, it's sort of like the ball don't lie phrase, like playoffs don't lie in the NBA. You got to there's a certain progression that has to occur in the league when you become a team of note, then you become a team of, you know, of contention, then you become a team of championship level. Once you go through all those previous levels and fail, you know, you have to go through some sort of level of, of you know, you, you, you it's like, it's, I say it's like playing a video game. You go to, you go to one level, you fight the boss, the boss whoop you, and then you like, damn, I'm going to beat this boss. And you, then you, you you play the game a few more times, you play the boss level a few more times, and you figure out, okay, I hit the boss this way and in this spot, then he goes down, and, and then you move on. And it's it's like, like I say, for the Bulls, Detroit was that boss. Boston was that boss. They, 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 they killed them. Then they had to fight. Uh, Magic and he, you know, Jordan and them had to fight Magic in LA. They weren't necessarily the same boss they were in '88 or or '87, but they were there and they 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 conquered them and they vanquished them and they went on. And you know, but every 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 champion, I think you can see that you see that sort of progression eventually, where they had heartbreak throughout the throughout the playoffs. At some point, they they continue to build on build on their nucleus of talent that they had. They had, they, of course, their one or two uh, clear stars. They added to them, 
and then they found a way to eventually win because of their experience plus their talent and plus some luck. You know, people you know, people are gonna talk about the Bucks this year and be like, well, you know, so and so got injured in this at in um uh on the Nets, so and so got injured on Atlanta. But you know, everybody is injured at, at, at this point in the year. Everybody's got something that they're carrying at this point physically, mentally, spiritually. And you know, it's made the best team the team that holds all those things together best is, is usually the one that's gonna win. It's it's partly it's the best team that that plays the best, but it's also the best team that handles all the other stuff the best as well. Yeah, I can definitely I, I can definitely agree with that. Um uh, <laughs> one person that's been through that, and that's Chris Paul, which is why he's pride which which why he, he is so prepared for these finals, even though it hasn't been always the exact result that you know we expect. Yeah. Um, because Chris Paul, you I just you have to wonder, you know, with his age and all the injuries that he's dealing with and the fact that he hasn't gone past the second round of, of the playoffs, you have to wonder if, you know, fatigue kicking in or um, he's mentally drained or the body aching. COVID, too. Um, wonder if COVID played a role in this as well. Um, but I just think that what we're watching is, especially these past couple of games, is the inexperience. Um, although Phoenix is very talented, they don't have many people that have gone deep into the trenches in these playoffs. The, uh, the Bucks have a nucleus and a core that knows what it, that knows what it means. At least when it comes to game situations, how to play a certain way to get to that next level. Mm-hmm. And when that time comes, they know how they accelerate because they actually have the talent surrounded them to do that. That's why Drew. And Howard, they don't and they don't trip over falling O two in a series. No. That's the thing. When you when you've been when you've lost series like that Miami series last year, when you've been swept in the playoffs like that, like this there's people on this team who were on that series a few years ago in the, with the Bulls and and they got embarrassed. What what was that one like that one game the Bulls beat them by like 50, 60 points and, and Giannis uh ran down on them boy and uh, uh, yeah, we, we was on, on Dunleavy. Was it Dunleavy? Dun, yeah, I think so. <laughs> they was embarrassed as hell. Like they, that's that's the type of stuff you have to go. That's the getting jumped in to the playoffs. Like it's <laughs> like a gang, man. You get you got to get jumped in, oh, yeah. and, and you know, Phoenix got a lot of talent. They got some guys who they got a few guys who you know. Yeah, CB three has a lot of playoff experience. He just didn't have this finals experience. And but I think he had enough experience to where if if his body was up to it, I think he would have been, you know, he would have been much more effective in these last two games. And maybe that would have been enough for Phoenix to clinch the series already. But you know, people are getting on him now about, you know, it's another CP3. Uh, flop, you know, and but I, I, I'm not gonna get on him like that. Like I just think at some point, you asking, you, you gotta ask a little less of a guy at his age. At you know, he's already got him this far. It's like, what mm-hmm. else? What else can he do at this point? He needs a little more help. And yeah, this is he's not getting. It. I would say, uh, I agree, I agree with you in terms of maybe the scoring. Um, but I think that's the I think that's the primary thing. Like, yeah, they need a, they need another score. 
Yeah, the, the, the yeah. turnovers. The turnovers. Yeah, he, right. It, the turn, he, he shouldn't have to be dribbling. He shouldn't have to be taking on so much of on-ball play. He should be able to distribute more as soon as he gets across half court. They don't, you know, when, when Milwaukee is keying on him so much when they with um, in the half court, it's like they're not afraid of anyone else really scoring but Booker. And when Booker gets the ball, they key in on him just as well as they as they key in on uh, on uh, Booker. That and, that and that's why you have plays like Drew. Like Drew has just been the beast, man. Like energy and this getting after the ball, taking advantage of the you know more the whistle swallowing in the at, at this point of the uh, for the reps at this point of the of the year. They they let you play more and they're taking advantage of. It. Yeah, um, I think you know the the, the Suns did. Uh, I think Monty Williams did make an adjustment with um, having guys come up and set screens on Holiday to try to get it, get him off of him a little bit, get, give him a little bit of breathing room. Yeah. But it's, it's crazy how those first two games, like everything was falling, like CP catching that screen and and driving to his in his right and taking that kind of fade away in the mid range. Like I, every time I, I saw him take that shot, I'm like oh, it's going down. These last three games is like damn, like I'm I'm not expecting it to fall now. You know what I mean? Like it went from him pouring it in and Cam Johnson, um, Bridges, to now it's just like Crowder and Booker, and Crowder oh. is not getting the same amount of touches in the second half, yeah. obviously because he's not the you know, it's not a guy that should go look to score like 18, 20 a game. I saw Tom Tom Haberstroh talk about this with uh. Uh, Dan uh, Levitar and uh, Zach, uh, what's it? What's my man? A uh, couple, uh, you know, couple of you know, this Dan Levitar's people over metal like they was talking about after Saturday's game, like uh, they keyed in on, you know, Bridges only had like five of nine in Saturday's game, so that's low anyways for shooting overall. And Hamerstro really uh, shows something with the three points shots that they're shooting, and this and this is relating to their um, their inability to really move the ball. They're playing a lot more ISO with uh, Booker and, and CP3 than they really should be playing. In the first two games, they shot like over thirty three pointers each game. They shown shot nineteen. It's gone down each game since then. They only shot 19 in game five. They're not moving the ball around. They're not trusting the other play players to even get their hands on the ball, let alone, you know, get shots. And when this is, like I said, being left down, it's being left pretty much to CP3 and Booker to get those shots. And those, they're more likely, both of them, to feed in the mid-range anyway. So they're not, they're not going to, they're not going to shoot those extra threes that a Bridges or a Crowder or a uh, you know even a campaign might shoot, and uh, you know they're, they're sort of leaving points on the even though they're they are still scoring a lot they're sort of leaving points on the court. Yeah, you definitely got you got to credit um, the Bucks. You got to credit Budenholzer for the defensive adjustments they've made as well. Um, you know, not not. Switching so much where you're forcing Lopez and Porters to be stuck on islands with guys that they have no business trying to defend. Um, Drew Holiday and, and Tucker and Connaughton, 
um, and Giannis being able to fight over screens and, and kind of peel back to get uh, contest on on Booker and uh, CP3's jump shots. Uh, you know, trying to cut off the corner threes that Phoenix was getting those first two games. Like it's 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 funny how you know the growth that we've seen and 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 we talk about you know the players getting up off the mat time and time again and as you said Kyle kind of having having to be jumped in like that that goes for Budenholzer too like he's you know he's kind of wavering here and there throughout the playoffs but he's he's shown you know much more of a willingness to adapt and adjust on the fly than he has in previous years I think like a lot of with a lot of things you know that we sort of grab onto as a collective, you know, nationally, when we look at these games, I think the 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 whole storyline of Budenholzer not just being completely hopeless is a little bit overstated, and and I think at this point of the year too, more more so than anything, you got to have the players make the plays than anything. You know, Budenholzer can say, well, we need to do this, you know. We, I've observed this. We need to do this and do this and do this at this certain point. But you know, if the players aren't willing to make the effort and do the do the things that get in the positions that they can to succeed, that they need to to succeed, then you know they're not going to get the wins. They're not gonna, those fifty. They're not. If they're not getting the fifty-fifty balls. If they're not getting. The, the offensive rebounds has been a big uh, advantage for Milwaukee in this series. Extra possessions. If they're not, you know, beating the on defense, if they're not beating uh, Phoenix to to spots and keeping them from shooting the way that they want to shoot and the in the rhythm that they want to shoot, that's the, those are the things that are going to win the series for for uh, for Milwaukee. It's not necessarily Budenholzer being a uh, uh, analytic genius. You know, I don't think you 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 need. I don't think you need a genius either way at this point of the season. You just need a guy to keep your guy to keep the players steady and focused on what's at hand, and that's getting that, that and that's finishing the job to get the title. Well, I'm glad you said that because Ludenholzer is going to be what's going to be fired at the end of the season. If they didn't go this far. So talking about making adjustments. He's on a contract season. He ain't got no choice. <laughs> but the nigga joy adjustments, you want to save his job. But um, aside from that, though, I think, like, you guys mentioned all the great points. Um, the key difference, though, for me is just, at the end of the day, who's your, who's your third best guy? Who's your third guy that's going to mm-hmm. come out and score? Who's going to take over when the two main stars are doing their jobs, but it's not but it's not going to be enough at the end of the day? You know, yeah. The Bucks have that in Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday has that third guy and is a prominent guy in the league that, that we know when the time is right, he'll he'll step up and do what's necessary. I'm not just offensively, but defensively. Mikel Bridges did that Saturday. Yeah, and he definitely did that Saturday. Mikel Bridges can do that, but not at the same rate as Drew Holiday can, and he has been inconsistent within these uh, within these last three games as well. So, for Phoenix, who's going to be that third guy that's going to step up? Um, you will hope it's Mikel Bridges, as and especially since our guy uh, Dwayne Rankin, who covers. Uh, the Phoenix Suns with the Desert News, um, or they, I mean, no, not Arizona the Arizona Republic. Republic. That's what it is. Arizona Republic. He he mentioned that to us uh, the last time we talked to him. 
because um, in the last series, I want to say it was or some, something along those lines. Where he now, said that, that was the that was the first that first was the series. LA. Yeah, yeah the first series. Um, with you know, he's saying he's saying that that third guy that needs to step up and be is not DeAndre Aiden. It's it's you know it's Mikael Bridges, and mm-hmm. you know he has the capabilities of doing that, especially being a three and D guy. Um, but outside of that, what he you know what outside of that you know is that going to be enough? And I think it can be if, you know, everyone else plays to the highest level that they need to play. But right now it's really looking really sketchy and the Bucks are gelling at the right moment with all three of their guys. And mm-hmm. you have to see if it's enough. And, you know, we'll see if it's enough to at least force it to a game seven for Phoenix. But, yeah, um, you got to give credit to the Milwaukee Bucks big three, as they say, with uh, Chris Middleton and, and Drew for, for figuring out to how to come, all come to life at the right moments especially uh, this uh, this past game Saturday. And hopefully that will continue for the Bucks, so that way they can win this championship. But we'll see. Yeah. yeah that's Like I said, I, I kind of say that at the beginning of this conversation. Like, the Bucks have had their three. Phoenix has more or less had two and a half, except for, like, like maybe game one and game two. You know, uh, really game one, though, when uh, Aiden really was, was – on fire and, and 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 holding it down in the post, but uh, that was another interesting thing though. I saw, and I heard in the post game reports coming from Sad, Phoenix actually outscored Milwaukee in the post, but it still didn't it didn't swing the game and for them in any way. It, was, it wasn't like you know now we're dominating in the post, but you know it shows it shows how with some of these stats you know. It, they can be meaningful, but sometimes they they don't have so much meaning. It, it just like I said, it's a, when things happen and who makes them happen. Yeah, and I mean, you know, we just talked about how kind of wild momentum can shift in the playoffs and in this series in particular. So, you know, those last two games are still what one possession games at the end. Yeah, and Booker has been damn near a big two by himself. So, I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not ready to you know, put the nail in their coffin yet. Like I still still been saying bucks and seven. <laughs> <laughs> I mean Phoenix is good. Phoenix is good as they are good at bouncing back from losses, especially on the road. Even yeah. the last series with the Clippers. Yeah. They, um, they bounced back very well and finished that thing out in, in LA in six games. They finished it out. So um we'll see if they'll be able to do that now. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm really relying on campaign right now. I need campaign to come through. Campaign I to come through. We need the campaign. campaign. The campaign, oh. campaign to come out. <laughs> I, I need, I think I need, if, if I'm a Suns, Suns fan, I think I need to see Cam Johnson get some more minutes, man. Does that dude miss? Like, every time he, he lets the ball go, it seems to find the bottom of the net. Like, I swear. If, if you're having a guy play efficiently and contribute, like, that's, yeah, that's a guy you should – Try to max out, max them out at, at this, especially at this point of the season, you know, when it's all on the line. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just, I'm just gonna go back to what I said. I think it was the last show, but I just don't expect uh, Milwaukee to lose at home again. And uh, so I'm, I'm thinking that Tuesday, tomorrow, that uh, that's gonna be it. So that's just, that's just what I'm thinking. But, but if Phoenix does win to take it to seven. You know, again, that goes along with what what my original uh, pick was anyway. But 
you know, feed it, like I said, they got the heart. They've got this far. They got the heart to to do it. But I just I just don't think that Milwaukee's gonna let go of that uh, home court advantage. It's just man <laughs> to think of, of of how the national opinion was of Milwaukee before before the season started. After they picked up uh, Holiday and weren't able to get uh, Bojanovic to what it what it could be if they win a championship, like you're looking at a team that, you know, not that they wouldn't make any changes, but uh, could go into next season with the less amount of the least amount of questions out of all of the you know the big three four in the in the East. You know, Brooklyn still has to figure out uh, their three man guys. Not that we don't expect them to be able to to coexist together, but they didn't play very much at all together this whole season. They still got to figure out their bench and their depth. Then, of course, you've got Philly, who who knows if Embiid and Simmons are together past this summer. There could be a lot of changes on their roster for yeah. next season, yeah. It, yeah, I mean, it's just, you, you know, you say you, them having the least questions, if they hold the Larry O'Brien trophy, that's, that's there's no questions there if you hold the Larry O'Brien trophy. It's not. <laughs> and, and, and like you say, Drew, nobody when 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 Drew Holiday was all that they came up with, and people was like, uh, you know, people on this show was like, oh, he, he's a, you know, Giannis signed off for a long time with this team, and it was a you know, but I, it, it shows you that these guys know what they're doing, and and I think Giannis overall. His comfort and his confidence in the team, he showed. I think and his confidence in himself. I think he he knew at that point that he had another, uh, he had another gear or, or two, uh, even. And then that's that's uh, there was a that, I think that there was a video that came out uh, the, over the weekend. I think it was just before Game Five where he was talking in the press conference about you know just being in the moment and not not getting too caught up in the 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 past victories and what he's accomplished and not getting too caught up in what lay, lies ahead of him just being in the moment and stuff and that it, it really showed it, 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 i think it really speaks a lot to who Jonas is as a competitor and as a person and you know like i said we know we know he's come from humble beginnings he's come from He's come from a lot of adversity in his life, and you know now he's part of a family with three NBA ball players in it. So he know how to accomplish it. So <laughs> I, I I don't think we should ever question his ability to uh, get things done again. And uh, this this series is going to prove that as much uh, you know whether win or loss is is proved that. But an interesting thing about you know how this series will go and how. You know the legacy of this series. Uh, you know, especially if the Bucks win, is a big part of it is going to be who gets the the MVP, the series MVP. And I wanted to bring this up. I, I showed you guys uh, the other day. Uh, you know, a couple of couple of uh, quotes from Twitter regarding you know people's thoughts on this, and uh, you know they come from credible sources. One, one being C.J. McCollum, of course, an NBA player, uh, and uh, he, you know, the first one is, first one is his his quote on Twitter: "If the Bucks win this series, how many votes does Mitty Chris Twenty Two M Chris Middleton get for Finals MVP? Brub been serving and closing." So C.J. is saying, 
that uh you know he his vote would be for Middleton as the MVP if the Bucks go ahead and close this out. And uh, you know, Kevin Cottrell uh you know sort of responded to him uh you know uh with zero. He he said he said uh Middleton gets zero votes. And I think so I think Kevin is is more on the side of of Giannis getting the MVP if if the Bucks go ahead and close this out. And I'm I'm sort of on that side too. But uh you know Jack Silverstein, our guy Jack, uh we gotta get him on the show soon. Uh you know, he he said that same he said a little earlier than that, that we're one game away from uh the 10th straight NBA finals where a small forward wins finals MVP. So that small forward would be Chris Middles. <laughs> and I'm so uh, you know, and there was a he, he had there was a there was a quote tweet for him too where you know so this guy named Chris Corlew said you no know, he, he didn't think that was possibly true but he looked it up and uh Drew I think you looked it up too right that's you know mm-hmm. confirmed it and and then and it's you know the the quote on the tweet says you no know, he, he went on to say that center and point guard are always going to be important but a do-it-all wing is such an important piece and it, it go it does go to show how much the game has changed and how important these wing players have become. But it also speaks to the fact that LeBron James has dominated the finals in the past, uh, you know, decade plus. And, uh, you know, so I think, Drew, I think you said it succinctly, like pretty much the award has gone to either LeBron or the guy who's guarded him. And, like uh, seven of those years, yeah. Yeah, so wild, and I think primarily you're talking about, you know, uh, uh, of course, uh, the infamous Iguodala uh, 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 win in 15, <laughs> but also there's like uh, in 13 you had uh, 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 for the Spurs Kawhi win there, and uh, and Kawhi wound, he winds up getting it in a LeBronless series <laughs> with uh, with the Raptors beating uh, Golden State. Uh, years after that, so yeah, it's 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 interesting just how you know, like I said, these, you you have to have these do it all players in the middle of the court, uh, and and they get the get the attention, and they they that previously went to the guy who was the man in the middle, you know, doing everything, or or the uh, the guy handling the ball, creating uh, the offense with uh, you know. Uh, you know, point guards and or two guards, you know, sort of hybrids in in the case of a, you know, it's sort of a Jordan case where, you know, Jordan, a lot of the offense started from Jordan. And, uh, of course, he was the leading scorer in, in all those finals that he won. At but, uh, you know, what, what do you guys think? Like, like I say, I'm, I'm on the Giannis train if, you know, with him being uh, MVP, if if the Bucks close it out, do you think there's any case for Middleton if they, you know, does he have to score like does he have to hit a, a double nickel or something in Game Six, maybe or or is or does he have to, you know, just play another good game? Yeah, so I, I'm with you. Um, my MVP, if the Bucks go on and win this series, my MVP of this series is Giannis, but I think it's closer than what Kevin Cottrell 
said, I, I'm, I definitely think Middleton deserves some votes, but we're going to let him go back home with the Kobe Bryant. You were, you were damn good, but we got to give it to Shaq Award. You know what I'm saying? Mm. <laughs> um, that's that's kind of where I am with it. What, what yeah. do you think, Josh? Yeah, I think I think Giannis is going to win it. I mean, talking about, what, 32 points, six assists, 13 rebounds. Wait, he's, he's averaging 32? Yeah. Wow. In the finals. I didn't even look that up. Wow. That's in a lot of years. That's, that's an MVP number. Wow. Right. Like, how do you how do you go against that? And not to mention, too, when you well, at least for me, when I think about finals, I think about impact. Like who made the most impact for this MVP award? You're talking about Giannis had two you just we just talked about how Giannis had two essential plays that people will remember for the rest of this series on top of the performance that he already performed it. I mean, those are things that we're going to look back on and really say, like, yo, that was a staple. That was an impact play um, for that to happen. So, yeah, Giannis is going to get that. Giannis is going to get that. Middleton will have, the like you said, the Kobe Bryant, you were good, you were damn good, but you weren't Shaq. You'll have, you'll have the Ky- like Kyrie, you were damn good, but you weren't LeBron. <laughs> like, you're going to have that, you know, and that's what Middleton's going to have to take. Yeah. Um, but you, we could technically value Middleton's impact similar to like a, not similar, not directly, but similar to like a LeBron Kyrie situation when they came back in a 3-1 deficit. Yeah. Um, and, but you know, LeBron is LeBron. Giannis is Giannis. And he and he put that impact in this series, and you can't but dispute you, but that. But you know, you you know, you needed that second guy. And yeah, yeah, it's man, and and he really has neutralized Booker, like point for point, tip for tat. Man, that's he. To to think that it's a huge gap between the two of them, even before you said the thirty two points, like I think is people's eyes might be deceiving them a little bit. It's closer than a hundred to zero, like. I, I definitely don't agree with that. Um, but I, I, I guess it's also Middleton, those first two games, even though there were losses, comparing Middleton and Giannis's impact. Um, man, that's, that's it's, it's tough, but I think we all in agreement it's going to be Giannis. Yeah, I mean, you talking about yeah. even in the losses. I mean, look at Giannis's numbers that he put up in the losses. One of the loss, one of the losses that that he put up like what forty, forty two. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, but yeah, it, it was games that like only Shaq is had in the finals. <laughs> right, <laughs> so I'm saying like the, the, the impact is there. Like when people say Giannis right now is probably the most dominant player in the league, you can say that. You can literally see that the numbers back that up. Um, and but the impact does too. And he, he showed it in his finals, and I, for sure, you, you can't go, especially from a league perspective. You just can't move on without putting him as the MVP. That just would not be a good look in general for the league. Um, but, but the fact that he earned it, yeah, Giannis earned that mug. He, he's gonna get that MVP for sure. It's like, it's like fifty of times like he did that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that, that dude's resume is looking real pristine, man. Oh, and that's another – oh, I saw – I, I should have saw that. I, I, I know I saw this uh, tweet, though, but somebody – I should have saved it, but uh, I don't know who exactly said it. But I think it's that one account that has, like, the 
the stats, but the sort of the animated. Oh, the stat muse. I believe so. Yeah. They, I think they said that he wins this year, and he gets a uh, Finals MVP. He beats second. We gonna save that for, <laughs> for if for if they clinch it, but that he would be the second best uh, power forward of all time. I don't want to go into that right now. Okay. But but keep that in mind for after after the series if they win. <laughs> Because that, because that on Twitter, that was like yeah, everybody jumped on that, right? Like, because that's yeah, that's that's a hotly contested position. But right quick, just uh, we're gonna start to wrap up. But uh, on the Phoenix side, the MVP has to be uh, Booker, right? Absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think the only CP3 would have to really he he'd have to take something (laughs) and really. Or, or he had to get a time variant or something and get him from uh, 2006. <laughs> get him, go back from two thousand, get him from 2006 and get a couple triple doubles in the last two games. I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't even think it, I don't think it will take more than that. It'll take like, like a legit miracle because I mean it's gonna take a legit miracle just because of what Devin Booker has been able to do. Because even in the yeah. – I mean, even when these losses, he had back-to-back 40-point games in these losses. Like, after coming from a game three where he was struggling, that was like one of the only games in the series where he didn't perform really well. And they came back and dropped 42 one night, another 40 another night. I mean, Chris Paul hasn't – even though he's impactful, I mean, he hasn't done that. He hasn't done like that because D-Book is pretty much running the show, especially when it comes to even assists as well. Like, Devin Booker has, has shown an improved all-around game on an offensive end. And yes. he's demonstrated that within these finals at a highly level that many would say is very Kobe-esque. So you, you, you're talking about that's, that's literally another all-time performance. He's performing. I think I saw a stat where it says he scored – like the second highest points for uh, most points in a series, an NBA final series under 25. He's in the same category as D Wade. And that, and when D Wade did that in 06, that was, you know, that's a legendary comparison you're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. D Boo got that. I love Chris Paul with all my heart, man. CP3 got I hope I pray to get this ring. I want him, I want campaign to come through to help CP3 <laughs> get this ring. I need that. It's all on campaign. <laughs> I need that to happen. <laughs> I mean, I need that. I really need that to happen. But let's be not let's not be naive here. I mean, Devin Booker is <laughs> is that guy for this series. So if he win it, he gonna get that Finals MVP. Another last game, brothers gonna get that MVP. All right, y'all done had y'all oh, chance with LeBron and all that stuff. So he's gonna get that MVP. We gonna be good. This this is this is a very light skinned stat here. Booker is the first first player in NBA Finals history to have consecutive forty point games and lose both times. Damn, that's a light skin stat there. That's real. But, I'll be uh, good, man. What you say? I said that's that's real. I'll be sure right there, man. <laughs> the brown. That's the brown before. Before uh before Anthony Davis, that's the original Brown. That, <laughs> Kenny Smith put up a picture from like '88 or something recently, and it, it had young Kenny Smith. I think like Rod Strickland was in the picture or something, and I'll be sure was in the picture. 
with wow. that brow. That brow was thick, boy. <laughs> Pulling all but the women. Yeah. Yeah, he was. He was. Night and day was a banger, man. It was. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> we going to start to wrap up, man. I want to get into before we uh, sign off of the night. Uh, Zach Levine, the news coming across today about him not even the players are, but I'm, I don't even want to get into my worries about the Olympics overall. I don't even know if they need to be doing all this stuff right now. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's all Beal is already, uh, you know, the he's all he's already been left off the team because of uh, illness. And now you got, um, you know, you got Zach, who they're hoping can make the trip eventually. But, you know, the, they flew over there today to Tokyo, the team did, and he has to stay back here because he's on the protocol now. Uh, what, what do you guys think about that, man? We, we, we went through this. The Bulls essentially didn't make the playoffs because he missed 11 games at the, in the second half of the season, and the Bulls just went – Complete uh, without him, and um, you know now he's and now he's dealing with this again. You know, as Bulls fans, you know you can speak on it. You can speak on this Bulls fans and followers, if uh, you know, observers, if you like, but or just in general, like you know, this is not a good look. I would say it's just man can't get right, man. Through mm-hmm. no fault, of, through no fault of his own, man. Like. You know, hopefully he's able to recover. He can clear the protocols and make his way um, to Tokyo to be able to help his team and uh, be in that type of environment with those kinds of players and those types of coaches. And and in the, la- the last two games, he was playing pretty good wow. and making an impact where it looked like, okay, he might be he may be uh, you know showcasing himself pretty good. Yeah. You know, I would that would be the worst if he can't play at all, and you know that would really be the worst. Yeah, we we want to see him in you know the highest stakes possible, which he's never tasted before. So, uh, you know, I, I'm not gonna say it's like it, it'll be instrumental to the bull season, but it's not gonna hurt him to bring back to the to the Bulls the states what he learns from the guys as he around in Tokyo. So, I hope he's able to get back. Um, in terms of and, and Drew, I, I would worry too though if the if the if I'm the Bulls about just how he's getting down out here. Mm-hmm. Right? Who is who is he being around and he's getting sick again? You know, over and over. You know. Yep, that was my point. Unless um, I, mean, I don't know. Is it stemming from? Is it stemming from Bill? Like were they in close contact and something? I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I, I don't know either. I just know that at the end of the day, you know, I hate to see Zach Levine go through this again. Can't catch a break. Um, whether he was intentional or not, you know. Um, but at the end of the day, he was you – you were starting to see another component of Zach Levine that was thriving in Team USA that you weren't able to see in the regular season with the Bulls. Um, Team USA, you, especially defensively. Maybe it's because of the teachings that's being done there between Greg Popovich and his staff and the fact that he's not playing as many high minutes. But being around that core impacts, especially defensively, to being a better on-ball defender, help defender. And 
helping him with even the transition game where he's already thriving in. Um, bringing that, him being able to work on that for more in the actual real competition aside of just exhibition games would be that much beneficial for him bringing back to Chicago with this roster, especially as the leader of this team. Um, I think that's what the Bulls really need um, along with the moves that they're going to be making this offseason. So I hate that Zach Levine, you know, right now that's been put on pause. I hope and I hope they're able to get back to, you know, Tokyo. But it's not just Bradley Beal. It's not just Zach Levine. You got Jeremy Grant that's out too. He's in a COVID protocol that's supposed to be coming back. Um, I think, right. And I think, you know, I think I saw reports that there's really only eight people from this team on this flight. Like you that that just flew out today. Like COVID is impacting not just Zach Levine, but all the other players as well, as and on this US athletes. So you, you just have to wonder if this is even worthy and questionable again. But to see Zach Levine on the stage, I wanna see it. I wanna see the impact he's making. I wanna see the improvements. I wanna see how he's able to learn from this pretty experience playing on an international stage, which is higher competitively than what we're accustomed to seeing in the NBA, bring that home and bring that to the something that both we have not had in a very long time. Um, that's something that's beneficial to us, especially with a young roster like that. So I hope he gets better, and I hope that uh, he's able to make this trip, and if the Olympics do continue, I hope he's able to thrive and learn in positive ways and win so that way he can bring that back home and if he really is trying to stay in Chicago, like reports are saying that he is, um, you know, have that long-term, um, that long-term experience that he can continue to take, and even go back when he was, uh, when the Olympics come back up again. Um, so that's what I'm hoping. That's that's what I'm hoping for Zach Levine. But this is it's a tough break for him, man. Especially since he, you know, those 11 games that he missed during the regular season, where he couldn't be playing in the playoffs. You know that really that really shaped what the Bulls' future was going to look like in that season. So I hope I hope he doesn't have to have a long wait. He's able to get back on the court soon with Team USA. Yeah. It, it, look, last year, what was the canary in the in the in the in the mine? It was the NBA when it came to this COVID. That's that's what set everything off when we had to uh, shut everything down. And uh, you know, I, I'm worried, man. I'm I'm a little worried about this Olympics, man. So, you know, they are, they already trying to, to keep people from having relations in in the Olympic Village by uh, having them sleep on cardboard. You know, I'm, that's that's kind of bogus to me I, for many reasons. But I'm yeah, I'm gonna get off of that. But uh, but yeah, but just them like you know, I I hope that the least of our worries, you know. Now, a week ago, the the worry was about just how this team was going to play. You know, I'm hoping now that that's the that's the least of our worries in a week or two. That that you know, if they them just being a uh, not a gold medal team is the least of our worries. You know, and it's not about them coming back over here. You know, uh, you know, all rattled. Uh, you know, racked with the Delta variant. We'll, we'll see about that. Yeah, man. And the uh, same goes for the ladies. They've, uh, you know, had two uh, straight losses, you know, last week. Well, one was to the WNBA All-Stars, so I don't know how bad of a loss that was. But they <laughs> lost to Australia after that, too. So it seemed like whatever the, the men had on them in Vegas, they were getting on them, too. But 
but they've went since and uh, I think won a couple games. So I would expect, uh, you know, the women's USA team to probably do what they do uh, typically in in, uh, in the Olympics. So we'll see how that goes. I think uh, uh, late uh, next week uh, they'll be getting uh, – some, sometime next week they'll be getting going. So, uh, but that's – I think they open up with France, so I don't, yeah. I don't think they're gonna win that one, man. Just because everything is going on. Well, I think the, the men, I just, that the men, right? Mm-hmm. The, I'm sorry, yeah, the men, the men's team. Yeah, yeah. I, that could be a tough one. Yeah, I think that I think that's the only team I think in that group that'll probably beat them. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see if they can get. They just gotta get to the medal round, you know. And this this probably, I mean, this probably is gonna be destined to be. Another <laughs> old fourteen, where you know they got, they had like a transition of talent, and a lot of it is young, and you know you had the the you had the change in coaching too, and uh you know Popovich changing over from Coach K, so this just nothing is really right, and you had this whole thing where the Olympics were, you know, put off a year anyway, and you're still dealing with trying to keep these these guys for me are sick. It's, it just don't look right to me. I think they'll probably have to have another redeemed team in 24. That's – I um was listening to something before we came on. They were talking about maybe this will be the impetus for, for, for the main, the top guys to get back into the Olympics, or maybe it'll be one of those things where they start putting, like, a cap on the age, like make it 25 and under. So you get the younger guys who really still have something to prove are really looking to be on a certain stage um, and take take gold, like the John Morant, is Zion Williamson, the Trey Youngs of the world. Like, you know, where, where are some of these young guys who who, who will be the first to see one day? You know, they ain't can't cool, surely. So. Yeah, I mean, they yeah, it is it is interesting. Like, why you know some of those guys on I mean, it, and it, it's interesting too. Like, just to think of an older player, like uh, a Steph Curry, who's never played. On TV USA, like I don't know I, the scheduling, why that hasn't worked where he hasn't, you know, uh, played either. I think he, he, he wasn't like what five straight finals. Yeah, that was that's a big. <laughs> I think because I think I, you know just to look at it quickly, like he was drafted in 08, so he wouldn't have been on that team unless you know. I don't know if they had any college play. The 08 team was the redeemed team, so it was. They weren't having any college players on that team. It was like Kobe and LeBron and Bus. You know. But uh, twelve, I don't know why he wasn't on that team. Sixteen, that was the 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 record year, and they lost in the finals that year. So I know he wasn't trying to play for anybody after that. And then there's twenty. So it's there's a, is a you can see why he hasn't, but it's also like, wow, that's kind of a weird thing that he hasn't. You know, I was just throwing that out there. But but like Drew said, though, these younger guys gotta step up if they even care. So <laughs> but I think I think by the time we get to if they don't win the gold this year, by the time we get to twenty four, they gonna they there's gonna be a, enough of a pressure on those those guys to bring a, like I say, bring another gold, bring the gold back and everything. So we'll, you know, we'll see. But like I said, we'll wish, wish for the best for those guys and mean the guys who do make it over to Tokyo, both uh, physically and competitively. 
in the meantime. And uh, uh, wish the best for those who rent out Scotty's crib. And uh, <laughs> 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 whoever does that makes it through that. And uh, oh, another another thing I saw too was that uh, this may be a whole uh, promotion thing for the best promotion for Space Jam Two would be. Uh, LeBron swooping in and saving the Team USA. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> Man, hey, yeah, he comes out there with Bugs Bunny and saves the day. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, well, I'll save it because I, I, I like Josh. I've seen it. I don't want to say nothing. <laughs> right, save it. We got Wednesday. We'll be. We're, we're not wasting time. We'll be back on Wednesday. And uh, if if we're not uh, recapping the Bucks clinching at all, uh, we'll we'll be uh, previewing Game Seven. And, but we're also going to be uh, reviewing uh, Space Jam Two with Brandon Pope. So watch us on at least watch us on Wednesday, and uh, we'll have that streaming live here on YouTube. But uh, yeah, we're gonna send it off though for now. Uh, anything else? Uh, you guys want to get off before we uh, let us go? Nah, man. I just need campaign to come through. <laughs> it's, it's all on you, Cam. It's all on you, Cam. I never thought I'd say it. <laughs> but it's all on you, Cam. I need you to come through. You got Mikael. Mikael and all them guys are there. Get a, get a backup. I need you to come on. Come with it. Yeah, man. This this what it's all about, man. I, 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 I will say this. I, I would definitely take a Bucks and Six just so we ain't got to keep getting the shots of all the people in, in Phoenix, the dudes with the $100 bills, just acting crazy on the sidelines, man. It gets a little it's a little much, man. Yeah, that like, dude, that, he was ridiculous, man. <laughs> that, that dude, like. I want. I kind of want to see that though, especially. I kind of want to see that for the entertainment side of things. But you know, I want. I want to see a dude in Milwaukee. I want to see a dude in Milwaukee doing it with two dollar bills. Like. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to see this. I want to see everyone's going more to more of the celebrities are going to the Phoenix games. I mean, LeBron showed up with his liquor. You know, Adele was there. Adele was there. Adele was there Fairly hard, Rich Paul involved. That's an interesting couple. But Milwaukee, yeah. Milwaukee had some people out there. Chappelle was there. Chris Tucker. Okay, you can't uh, have those with Chance. Okay, outside yeah, of that, Chance, yeah. <laughs> there's some people out in Milwaukee. You know, <laughs> with Aaron Rodgers. What's the chance he showed up to a game? With who? Aaron Rodgers. Oh yeah, he and he's a part owner. Maybe he's maybe he's there. He might be there for the celebration. Ain't gonna have no Danica with him though. He gonna sell the beer. <laughs> he got his girl. His girl is straight now though. He got Shailene Woodley. She an actress. That's true. I forgot about that. That's yeah. true. Yeah, but uh, George Jefferson. He, he probably he probably just don't want to go to Wisconsin because you know everybody gonna be like, please <laughs> please come to training camp, please. He <laughs> <laughs> don't want to deal with all that. True. Yeah. But anyway. That's I, I see. That's I just started it too, man. I'm, I'm rooting for the Bucks to win, but that's kind of rooting for Aaron Rodgers to win. I don't, I don't know about that, man. Unless you were Anthony Davis, it don't matter. 
Cheesehead. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can't be one of those dudes, man. I spent five years of my life up there. People thought I was going to uh, switch sides. Never. That's the worst type of dude. Yeah, I was up there for five years. Wow, I know it was that. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I got battle scars, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm saving that for the memoirs. <laughs> anyway, we'll save we'll save the next chapter for Wednesday. Uh, we'll be back, and uh, like I said, we'll see what happens tomorrow. Big game six should be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, but for now, we're gonna keep bouncing and head on out. Uh, enjoy the rest of our evenings. Uh, for Drew and Josh, you see the tags there. Follow those guys. Do. Uh, do it, you know, whatever they doing online. Josh got a, a piece. He finally got a piece up on our Substack. You know, wrote a, wrote a little bit about well, what the mechanics that he thinks is going to happen to get Lonzo Ball on the Bulls. And another wrinkle that just came out to add to that is that um, I think um, the Pelicans are looking to try to get possibly talking about getting Kyle Lowry. Yeah. So yeah, like I did see that. I saw that too. Yeah, it's like all the signs, which almost makes me a little bit more nervous. <laughs> yeah, right. It can't work out that well for the Bulls, you know. That's, but you know, maybe you know. I don't know. I don't know why. But I guess I guess New Orleans is at the point where it's it's just think maybe they think Lowry will be another Chris Paul and like he'd be that yeah. like like they have everything else that they need and they just need that veteran. Uh, floor general, I don't know, but I don't know if Lowry would be the guy that CP3 would. I, yeah, I mean, I don't know either, but it, it, it can make sense. It makes sense for them to think that way, though, just considering, you know, number one, it's the Pelicans. They they always think they're doing something right. <laughs> <Number> two, <laughs> right yeah. Just because they, they, they got a play, it don't mean it's a good play. Right. And then number two, I mean, you did hire Willie Green as your head coach. He has experience with point guards. Um, he's coaching Chris Paul right now in these finals. Um, so, talking about a veteran guy that you know you could put him in a, in a situation where they, he can make an impact on younger guys. Eh, you know, I don't know if it's Kyle Lowry per se, but you know, since they since there's exposure there from at least from the head coach perspective, where that's that's you know he's seen the success of that. I don't know. Kyle Lowry may be that option for them that they really think could, you know, take it to the next level. Yeah, we'll see. But if if it helps the Bulls get Lonzo, I'm all for it. So yeah, we'll yeah, see. for sure. We'll see. And uh, Drew, of course, got you know always got something up on the Substack. He's got a new CSE uh, come out today. Uh, so check that out. And. Uh, yeah, we're going to keep it moving, man. We got to, uh, like I said, we'll be back soon, Wednesday. And uh, in the meantime, y'all keep bouncing. And uh, we'll enjoy game six.